What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, April 17th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you after the weekend as we kick off a new week's worth of shows here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Monday through Friday with the podcast, Monday through Saturday with the article over at vsin.com. Rate, review, subscribe, throw us that five star review if you like what you're hearing so far on the podcasts for this season. Just getting started here. I mean, we're just over two and about two and a half weeks or so into the Major League Baseball season. So plenty more coming as we go throughout the rest of the spring, summer, and on into the fall. And of course, with each passing day, sample size is getting bigger. That's always a good thing for me based on the way that I handicap being so metrics and analytics heavy that, you know, as we get more data points, that's only going to help in the long run. And I'll talk about that once we get to this Monday card to chat about on the podcast but make sure you head over to vcin.com we got lots of stuff for the nba playoffs including daily best bets from jonathan von tobel player props from zach cohen uh, the nhl playoffs starting tonight so you can check out andy mcneil's write-ups great series previews some good data visuals in those as well and he's also doing the hockey betting podcast with host danny burke so check that out check out hardwood handicappers with jvt and kelly bidlin Uh, The GM shuffle with Femi Abefefe and Michael Lombardi. Some big news today, of course, with Jalen Hurts getting a massive five-year contract extension. Tons of stuff going on in the world of sports. We've got you covered at vcin.com on our vcin podcast. vcin.com slash subscribe. $9.99 introductory offer for you to check out to get a look at all of the premium content that we have going on right now. All right, so I'll recap the weekend here, and then we'll go to a sabermetric stat of the show. That will be WRC+. plus. That's Weighted Runs Created+. plus. I'll break down that stat. To me, I think it's the single most important stat from looking at team metrics. I think WOBA is the most important for analyzing an individual player, but I think WRC+, plus is the best for analyzing a team 
especially when you start looking at performance against left-handed pitchers, right-handed pitchers, stuff like that. I'll get into that in a little bit here. But one of the things that I saw over the weekend that I wanted to address here on the podcast real quick, and, and I also realized I forgot to link uh, the stats with men in scoring position in Saturday's article. Didn't do it today either, so shame on me. I'll do that for the Tuesday article. Uh, but one of the things I noticed over the weekend is that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of Twitter accounts out there comparing the 2022 season to the 2023 season and specifically looking at it from a power production standpoint. Look, I think this is very misleading. The 2022 season was very unique. You had the end of the lockout. You had, you know, players not being able to communicate with their teams. A lot of guys just didn't feel ready for the season. You had an expedited spring training because the lockout ended and they were like, well, we're starting April 7th, whether you're ready or not, that's what we're doing. So the 2022 season definitely had its own challenges at the outset of the year. But the biggest reason why I think this is a load of BS to compare 2022 to 2023 is because in 2022, the ball was about as dead as we've seen it in the last 50 or 60 years. I mean, the ball just was not carrying at all early on in the season. And the thing that was kind of unique about it is that the season started about a week later. So that gave you the chance to get maybe some better weather conditions in some of these colder weather cities, but the ball was just dead. It just simply was not carrying. And of course, we come to find out we wind up with three different balls over the course of the season. We wound up with a big spike in offense in mid-May where everything kind of went back to normal levels once they decided, oh, there is something wrong with the baseball. Let's swap those out and get in some different ones. So don't fall into the trap of looking at 2022 and 2023 side by side. 2022 was the outlier, at least the early part of the season. From May 15th or so on, it was a pretty normal offensive season on the whole. But in the first six weeks of the year, it was not normal at all. So don't let that factor into your handicapping here. And, and I wanted to set the record straight on the podcast. I did that with a quote tweet yesterday uh, because, you know, 2022 just didn't compare to other seasons at all whatsoever. And again, the 2020 season, 60 game season shortened by COVID, you could throw out most of that season as well. So I've seen a lot of comparisons with 2022 and 2023, and, and I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. If anything, we should be comparing 2023 to 2021. And so you're going to see these stats about, you know, an increase in home runs from last season and this and that. Frankly, that's bullshit. Don't pay attention to that. Look at what the difference is between 2021 and 2023. And what we're seeing here in 2023, as I've talked about on the show before, and I'll go ahead and continue to hammer this point home, the walk rate this season is the highest that we've seen since 2000. The only other season that comes close is 2020, and that was the COVID year with basically no spring training and a ton of familiarity because you were only playing teams that you saw pretty much all the time anyway. You know, you played 40 games within your division, 20 games against the corresponding division in the other league. You know, those are teams that you see quite a bit. So, of course, the walk rate was going to be a little bit higher, not to mention, you know, I mean, you didn't have crowds or, you know, any of these kinds. It was just a very, so many things were very strange about that 2020 season. But the walk rate this year is up and up rather significantly. And I don't know that that's going to change because you do have this pitch clock and the challenges that come along with that. It's difficult for pitchers to get composed. 
maybe this does get better as they get more reps, but I think the pitch clock and, and the inability to control the running game, guys hurrying their deliveries, trying to give their catchers a chance. You know, we're seeing a lot of balls as a result of those two rule changes. So the walk rate is up. And of course, hits are up too because there's no shift anymore. So more balls in play are finding holes. Those are the two reasons why offense is up. The home run rate is actually lagging behind 2021 a little bit. Yes, it's ahead of 2022, but that was the deadest ball season that we'd seen in a long time. So compare 2021 and 2023, not 2022, which just doesn't really have any application to what's going on here for this season. So with that in mind, looking at the weekend and what transpired Friday through Sunday, only 86 home runs hit. So another indication that power kind of lagging a little bit over the weekend, despite the fact that we had some pretty good weather in a lot of places. So I do not think the ball is juiced at all. I do not think the ball is carrying at the same rate as we saw in, say, 2019 or 2021. We're much closer to the 2021 pace than we were last year. But the ball is not juiced. The ball is not carrying any farther. Average fly ball distance is actually down this season compared to previous seasons. So the, the ball is not juiced. So don't fall into that trap. But what we did see over the weekend, a walk rate of 9.7%. So this is not changing. And I've talked a little bit in the past, and I talked about this last week in the context of the walk rate, about how some stats reach a stabilization point, you know, much quicker than others. Walk rate is one that does. Walk rate stabilizes at a pretty low number of plate appearances uh, individually and also for the league as a whole. And the walk rate is actually going up a little bit, it feels like. So this is something that's probably going to be around to stay. Again, maybe as pitchers get a little bit more, you know, into the rhythms of the season and, and kind of build up their arms and all that kind of thing, maybe this gets better. But also, I think, you know, you run into a situation where a lot of relievers are kind of slow in terms of their delivery, in terms of their pace. They're having to speed up a little bit. We're seeing them maybe be a little bit more erratic. And quite frankly, you know, it does feel like, and I'll go ahead and run this data right now as I'm talking because I don't want to mislead anybody. It does feel like bullpens are maybe struggling a little bit more here early on in the season, especially compared to what we've seen over the last few years. Just because, you know, again, with the pitch clock, it does kind of throw everything off a little bit. And mm, maybe not. You know, it is definitely a decline from last year. 2022, bullpens were ridiculously dominant. 386 ERA and FIP. That was the lowest since 2015. This year, 410 ERA, 425 FIP. That is the lowest ERA since 2018 for relievers. Uh, the FIP is kind of in line with 2021. But we are seeing a little bit of a spike in walk rate relative to the last few seasons here. A 10% walk rate out of relievers. We had 10.2% in 2020, the COVID-shortened year, but 10% is a very high walk rate from a bullpen standpoint and certainly one of the highest that we've seen in a long time. And again, when you think about the league average being about 9.3%, bullpen walk rate at 10%, well, that kind of says to you right there that some of this additional walk rate is coming from the relievers. This year's 10%, the highest since 2009 at 10.1%. And keep in mind, the game is a lot more specialized now you know, than it used to be. A lot of times, pitchers would go six innings no matter what or get pushed into the seventh, stuff like that. 
the game is a lot more specialized now with all these hard throwing relievers that, you know, it, it, it kind of makes some sense. I think that, you know, we didn't have a lot of high walk rates. You weren't using relievers two, three times through the order anymore, stuff like that. So the walk rate is definitely elevated from a bullpen standpoint and the strikeout rate is still high as you would expect, but it is the lowest of the last four seasons where last year it was 23.6%. This year, 23.4 peaked at as high as 24.1 back in 2020. So for relief pitching strikeout rate down a little bit, walk rate up a little bit. And it does feel like we're kind of seeing, you know, maybe a few more blown saves and stuff like that early on in the year. Um, that may just be anecdotal because it happened to me with two underdogs on Saturday. Uh, but you know, it does appear that bullpen pitchers are having a little bit bigger of an issue, uh, with the pitch clock. And we can see that in terms of the walk rate being elevated. So just in a, uh, you know, to kind of wrap this up and put a bow on it here, the ball is not juiced. We do not have any indication that the ball is juiced. Fly ball distance is actually down, so I don't even know if that drag coefficient that they had been talking about earlier in the year is even still a thing. But the ball is not juiced. That has nothing to do with the increase in offense. The increase in offense has to do with an increase in walk rate and an increase in hits, more base runners. And the other thing coming out of the weekend here, stolen bases. 81 for 93, that's 87.1% on stolen bases from Friday through Sunday. That's another thing that's just simply not going to change. It's just really, really hard to throw out base runners at this point in time. So more walks, more hits, more steals, more chances with men in scoring position. That's why offense has gone up for the 2023 season here. So the ball is not juiced. If anyone's telling you that, they're full of shit. It's just more base runners and more stolen bases, creating a higher run expectancy than teams being able to drive those runs in. So that's why offense is up. But I did think it was pretty interesting to look at how high the walk rate was over the weekend because I would have expected it to get a little bit better. But as I said, I think it's kind of going in the wrong direction here. All right, so let's do that sabermetric stat of the show. Again, I'll do this every Monday uh, on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets at Skating Tripods on Twitter or aburk at vcin.com if you want to reach out. If there's a stat that you want me to talk about or a concept or something like that, I'm happy to do it. But WRC plus, weighted runs created plus. First, I'll tell you what the plus means because this is really important. The plus means that this stat is adjusted for the run environment, it's league adjusted, and for the ballpark, it's park adjusted. That's what the plus means. So, for example, if you're a guy who's a Colorado Rocky, right, you're going to hit well at home. It's Colorado. That's just going to happen. Well, WRC Plus will account for that, will account for the park factor of your home venue. It'll also account for the park factors of where you play on the road as well, but it will largely account for that park you play in at home because, theoretically speaking, half of your plate appearances should be at home and the other half will be spread across the rest of the league. So it's a similar thing if you play at Great American Ballpark. If you're a Cincinnati Red, WRC Plus will adjust for that hitter-friendly environment that you're in. At the same time, if you're playing for the Mariners in T-Mobile Park, which is not a good offensive park, it will account for that as well. So it will give you a little bit of a boost. If you've got good numbers in a bad offensive park, 
WRC plus will give you a boost. So that's what the plus means. It's league adjusted, which means it adapts to the run environment. So again, I just talked about 2022 and 2023. 2023 has a higher run environment than 2022. So it will account for that and it will grade you accordingly. Now, WRC, the weighted runs created part, is using a lot of advanced statistics. I'm not going to talk about the formula here because it's very confusing and I'll just get everybody in the weeds. But it does essentially use the idea behind WOBA, weighted on base average, that I talked about last week. So it kind of puts a lot of statistics together to create this rate statistic where 100 is league average. So if you have a WRC plus of 100, you are a league average hitter. If you have a WRC plus of 90, that means you are 10% below league average. If you have a WRC plus of 110, that means you are 10% above league average. So that's pretty good, right? If you're 10% above league average, that means you're a good hitter. So when you look at the full breakdown of the teams for this season, the Tampa Bay Rays have a 151 WRC plus, which means relative to league average, they are 51% better than league average. Now, keep in mind, they've played a pathetic schedule, but also Tropicana Field has a low offensive park factor, does not been a good offensive park. The Rays have played a lot of home games here so far. So the fact that they've performed well at home really drives up their WRC+. The Baltimore Orioles are second at 126. So collectively, they are 26% above league average offensively. The bottom, uh, very, very bad. The Royals are at 66. So they are 34% below league average as a team. And the Tigers are at 67. So they're 33% below league average as a team. So while I look at WRC plus on the whole for individual players and also teams, where I like to look at it is to look at their performance against lefties or righties and see if we can come up with some teams that are just going to profile better in certain platoons than others. So for example, the San Francisco Giants are probably the best example of this for the young 2023 season. Against lefties, the Giants have a WRC plus of 49. 49 is bad. They are 51% below league average collectively as a team against left-handed pitching. Against right-handed pitching, though, they have a WRC plus of 133. So they are 33% above league average against righties. So they're the worst offense in the league against lefties and the second best offense in the league against righties, trailing only the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's a stat I really like to look at in terms of performance against lefties or righties because you do have, you know, bench players that come in. You've got the part-time guys, the platoon guys that come in uh, in these situations. So that's why I really like to use WRC Plus for that reason to kind of take a look at, you know, teams that may just be better in certain matchups than others. The Phillies, for example, have a 98 WRC Plus against lefties just a little bit below league average, 2% below league average, but they're 25% above league average against righties at 125. That's the third best mark in the big leagues. So I like to use it a lot in terms of looking at platoon advantages, looking at teams that may do well against lefties, may do well against righties, because again, remember, 100 is league average. 
So anything above that is good. Anything below that is bad. And when you talk about the different lineup construction and the different guys that play against lefties and righties, that's where you could maybe find some edges from a platoon standpoint. So I'll do that a lot throughout the course of the season here. I will use WRC Plus on the podcast, in the article as well. But again, the primary takeaways to remember from that, 100 is league average, above is good, below is bad, and it's league and park adjusted, meaning you can compare across different eras as well, but I think it's the park adjusted part that really matters the most because it does understand that some ballparks are just better for hitting than others. And you can do, you know, home away splits. You can do any kind of splits you want over at Fangraphs, uh, looking at WRC Plus and trying to incorporate that into your handicapping. So I definitely recommend that you take a look around that. And, um, you know, look, it's just a very beneficial stat. It's a nice shortcut to looking at overall performance, whether that's individual or team. And again, it shows you relative to league average what the difference is between players, between teams, uh, between you know year over year for the league, stuff like that. So it is a stat that's pretty much only going to be for batting. You don't have WRC plus for pitchers, really. Uh, but again, I think it's really beneficial when looking at you know platoon advantages and trying to handicap those. Speaking of handicapping, when we come back on Vsin Daily Baseball Bets, let's take a look at the Monday, April 17th card right here on Vsin's baseball betting podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here with VSIN Daily Baseball Bets, your host, Adam Burke. If you get the chance, five-star reviews, always welcome. Rate, review, subscribe. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever else is out there for podcasts. I don't even know anymore. There's so many places to get podcasts here. Before I dive into the Monday card, I do want to let you know, Tuesday's episode will come out a little bit later. Uh, we're doing a media day for VSIN. We're doing headshots and stuff like that. So uh, my appointment early in the morning, so I'll get a late start on the article and the podcast uh, with a bunch of night games tonight, very hard to work ahead in that situation. So just want to let you know that the article and the podcast will probably be out a little bit later tomorrow. Uh, but fortunately, you know, we have all night games on a Tuesday, so should still have some decent lead time. Let's break down this card a little bit, kind of go through it some. We do have one game postponed already. That's the Phillies and the White Sox. Zach Wheeler and Lance Lynn were supposed to go in that one. Traditional doubleheader coming tomorrow. So uh, maybe we will have one day game, I guess. Uh, but that'll be a doubleheader. You know, scheduling interleague play in Chicago in the month of April is a really brilliant thing by Major League Baseball. So uh, kudos to them for that. I do think Cleveland and Detroit probably gets postponed as well. Uh, just a cold day uh, in the Midwest here. And honestly, that's something for you to think about, too. You know, we had some really nice weather in the Midwest and on the East Coast last week. We pretty much have the opposite here this week. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. The ball will fly differently based on the atmospheric conditions that are out there. I want to talk about the first game on the board here. Don't have a play in this one between the Giants and the Marlins, but I certainly thought about it. Uh, as I just talked about using WRC+, the Giants have been pretty damn good against righties and pretty damn bad against lefties. Well, they get a lefty today in Jesus Lazardo, who's been really, really good for the Marlins thus far. But the Marlins offense, not great. And, you know, unfortunately, Luis Arias pinch hit and drove in the the go-ahead run on Saturday, because of course he did, uh, with the game where I had the Diamondbacks. But, you know, the Marlins offense has really not been very good, specifically against right-handed pitching. And Logan Webb had some bad luck this season on batted balls, but the increase in strikeout rate has been nice to see from him. He just got a five-year, $90 million extension, so this is his first start coming out of that. Uh, three and a half is the first five total. I could see both of these teams really struggling offensively, but Man, it's so hard to play a three and a half for the first five. So didn't do anything in that Giants and Marlins game, but it should be a game where offense is suppressed. And we do see this total, you know, seven and a half, minus 120, minus 130, stuff like that. One game that I really did think a couple of games I thought about. I thought about a lot of games actually today. I mean, I only came up with two plays, but man, today's card has a lot of uh, interesting things to it. And this Arizona and St. Louis game. Now, you got Merrill Kelly going for the Diamondbacks, Jack Flaherty going for the Cardinals. Both of these guys have had major control issues early on in the season. The problem here is that Arizona doesn't walk, like virtually at all. They have a walk rate like around 5%. They don't walk. They're very, very aggressive. And the thing for Flaherty is he hasn't given up a lot of hits. He's been giving up a lot of weak contact, actually but he's been walking a lot of guys. So Flaherty is just, 
it's been strange. Honestly, it's been strange for both of these guys. I mean, Merrill Kelly, his first two starts came against the Dodgers. He's terrible against them. So not really a surprise that his stat lines didn't look super good. But also, Merrill Kelly, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, uh, Adam Wainwright is still hurt. A lot of these guys that pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic, off to some rough starts here uh, so far this season. So Kelly's been a guy that's had a lot of control issues. Everything else looks okay. But you know, when you look at the Cardinals here, I mean, not a very good series against the Pirates at all. Uh, this also feels like a line where they're just too big of a favorite. But I couldn't take Merrill Kelly. I couldn't take Arizona in this one. But they're a team that's being priced pretty high up there, I think. And, and I don't think that they're deserving of it. But they're also a team that's so talented that they could turn it around at any point in time. But I do think the Cardinals are priced a little high out there in the marketplace. I just don't know how long they're going to continue to struggle. The closest I got to a play that I didn't make is in this Pirates and Rockies game. And I've already lost a couple times on the Pirates in underdog roles. And, and maybe that made me a little bit gun shy here to take them today. Uh, but it's Rich Hill and Kyle Freeland in Denver. And Kyle Freeland is a guy that I'm just I'm not believing in what I'm seeing here from him. He's got a .96 ERA, which is great, obviously, but a 366 expected ERA, 434 FIP, 532 XFIP. On the year, Kyle Freeland has a 212 batting average on balls in play against and a 100% left on base percentage. The only runs he's given up this season have been two solo home runs. So that's it. That's all he's given up this year. When you pitch in Colorado and you're a pitch-to-contact guy, there is no chance in hell that you can run a 212 BABIP all season long. And when you look at Kyle Freeland for his career, his career BABIPs over six previous seasons in the big leagues 308, 285, 308, 305, 325, 318. There is no chance of him running this low of a batting average on balls in play. Regression is 100% coming for this guy. He's only struck out 11 of the 70 batters that he's faced. He's given up a lot of batted balls that are kind of just below the 95-mile-per-hour threshold. He's another guy that pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. So I really think Kyle Freeland is on the verge of getting blasted by somebody. I hope it's not the Pirates today because I couldn't take him. I couldn't back Rich Hill. But Freeland gave up a lot of hard contact last time out against the Cardinals. 52.9% hard hit rate. Average exit velocity, 96 and a half miles per hour. He only gave up two runs on six hits. Regression is coming for him. I'll hope it doesn't happen today and try to fade him in his next course field start. But that was one I got really, really close to. The problem is Rich Hill just isn't locating well. He's 43 years old. The stuff just might not be very good. Uh, he was better in his last start against the Astros and made a mechanical change, made a pitch usage change. Maybe those are the things that he needed to do, and that's what really intrigued me about taking the Pirates today is that Freeland is a regression guy, but maybe Rich Hill could get a little bit better. Ultimately, I couldn't do it. I couldn't back Dick Mountain, but, man, I got close. I got really, really close in that game. A couple of other notes from the National League games here. Max Freed coming back off the hamstring injury for the Braves. They take on Ryan Weathers and the Padres. Thought about San Diego here a little bit, but Ryan Weathers is a pitch-to-contact lefty. The Braves are 
mauling left-handed pitching already. They're second in the league and weighted on base average at 389. They have a 408 on base percentage against lefties. Uh, they were second last year in Major League Baseball in performance against lefties. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take Ryan Weathers in that kind of matchup. But for Max Freed, if you're betting player props or anything like that, keep in mind he's only pitched three and a third innings, did not make a rehab start. His pitch count will be down today. So I don't know if the books have adjusted his player props or anything like that. That's not really my forte. But I just wanted to mention that, that you're probably going to, only going to get maybe four innings out of Max Freed today and a big bullpen game here for the Braves. Also, last thing real quick for the National League, didn't play this game either, but uh, Dustin May and, and the Dodgers take on the Mets here. Dustin May, hard hit percentage on the season, 40.8%, batting average on balls in play, just 143, not getting a lot of swing and miss. The stuff hasn't been super sharp for May. If it was anybody other than David Peterson, because he has walk rate issues and the Dodgers walk a lot against lefties, I may have looked to go against May here in this start. He's just not super sharp yet. So I think it's a little bit scary to lay some big numbers with Dustin May here uh, as we go forward, at least until I see some things in the data that give me a little bit more confidence in him. I don't want to spend any time on this Guardians and, and Tigers game. I do think it, en it ultimately ends up getting postponed. It's much easier to reschedule than the Phillies and the White Sox. But you know, the Guardians could use a rain out because once again, you know, they play this series against the Nationals. They didn't look good. They had to use the primary relievers again in the bullpen. Um, Shane Bieber had five swings and misses against the Nationals yesterday. And this is a Nationals team. I've talked about their prowess against lefties. They've been pretty good against lefties. They're the worst team by WRC plus against righties. And Shane Bieber did not pitch well. Uh, I have numerous concerns about the Cleveland Guardians right now. I don't love the offense. Uh, the starting rotation is is really a mess right now. Cal Quantrill's been not great. Uh, Bieber, the stuff just doesn't look quite as good. Uh, Tristan McKenzie's still out. Lots of concerns about the Guardians, and they're playing a weak part of the schedule now. Uh, so I don't know. I might be able to kind of pick off some dog prices against them, possibly in that series coming up this weekend where they take on the Miami Marlins. Uh, that may be something I look to do by, by kind of fading Cleveland a little bit. Uh, they They just don't really looked the part right now so uh much to my chagrin uh the blue jays and the astros just want to hit on this one real quick and then i'll get to today's plays uh going a little bit long with the show today but you know hey give us some feedback um don't do it in the form of like a one-star review i'd rather you not do that but give us a little feedback if you think the show is the right length should be longer should be shorter whatever you're thinking but this blue jays and astros game is pretty fascinating because houston's a home dog for just the eighth time since the start of the 2021 season, they're three and four in those seven games. Money came in overnight and this morning on Toronto to back Kevin Gaussman against Christian Javier. Javier hasn't been quite as sharp early on in the season here as he was late last year. And frankly, the Astros haven't been all that sharp either. So I, I kind of understand why this line sort of moved in the direction that it did, but it's a, a little bit you know shocking to see the Astros as a home underdog. But one quick thing about Gossman here, 49% hard hit percentage in his three starts. Two starts with 11 hard hit balls against. The one start where he was great was against the Royals uh, in terms of contact management, and the Royals' offense stinks. So just something to keep in mind there uh, about the Blue Jays. 
in that matchup against the Astros. All right, so um, look, this is a pretty square play, but my my top play of the day here today, I would say, uh, is the Rangers run line, minus one and a half. The Rangers take on the Royals, who, again, I've already taken some shots at here during the show already. Uh, but you got Jacob deGrom and Jordan Lyles in this one, and you know this is a rematch of a game we saw last Tuesday. Uh, wound up being an 8-5 Rangers win. DeGrom was good. The bullpen blew it, and then the Rangers walked it off with a three-run homer and I believe the 10th inning. Look, you know, when you face a starting pitcher for the second straight time, theoretically, it should be an advantage for the offense, right? Well, I, I don't think that's really the case when you face Jacob DeGrom. I don't know if there are any advantages to facing Jacob DeGrom. However, when you face Jordan Lyles for a second time, I think that does help out the Rangers offense a little bit here. And look, I get it. This is a low totaled game of seven and a half or eight. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit difficult to take a run line in a game with a low scoring expectation just simply because there's not as much variance typically in the final score. But this is one where, I mean, the Royals are just a train wreck on offense. They're facing the best pitcher on the planet in DeGrom. And DeGrom, 27 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio, hard hit percentage, 32.4%. He's had some bad luck. 389 Babbitt against, 51.3% left on base percentage. It's a 432 ERA, but with a 222 expected ERA and a 122 FIP, Jacob DeGrom is still the same Jacob DeGrom. And he's just had some bad luck on batted balls. Well, maybe the best way to, to avoid that is just to strike out everybody. So I just think the Royals have such a low offensive expectation in this game. And also the Rangers, interestingly enough, number one in baseball in reliever F war. Fangraphs wins above replacement player. They're in the top 10 in both ERA and FIP. They're actually second in FIP as a bullpen. So this Rangers bullpen has been much, much better. Uh, the Royals, they're bottom five in ERA. They're 22nd in FIP. They're 29th in WRC plus against right-handed pitching. I, I Look, I get it, you know, run line in a low total game, but Rangers minus one and a half, minus 120. This, this has all the makings of a 5-1, 5-2 type of game, I think. Uh, for the Rangers. The other play that I've got here, and make sure you shop around for this one because this price does vary a little bit based on where you're looking, but I took a shot with the Cincinnati Reds for the first five here. Jalen Beeks will be the opener for the Rays. Cooper Criswell will follow him. He just got called up from AAA today. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is out a couple of months. Zach Eflin is on the IL. Tyler Glass now is still not ready to come back yet. So the Rays are just trying to cobble this thing together, which Frankly, they're very good at, but you know, I've got Hunter Green going today against essentially a triple A pitcher as the bulk reliever. So I feel like I had to take a shot on the Reds here. Uh just doing the first five, the, the full game is a much nicer price, but I there's a lot of things I would rather do than back the Reds bullpen. So just took the first five here with Green, but something I think is interesting. You know, I talked about the Rays and, and how good they've been offensively, and, and kudos to them for that. I don't think it continues, but the biggest thing to me, when you look at the caliber of pitching that they've faced, it's been really poor, right? Well, in terms of pitches of 95-plus miles per hour, the Rays have seen the third fewest. Every fastball from Hunter Green today will be over 95 miles per hour. So the Rays just haven't seen a lot of velocity and I don't know if that's going to be present a problem for them, but in my mind it does because they've hit a lot of bad pitching this year. 
Now they get Green, a guy that throws remarkably hard. I think it's a little bit of a difficult spot for the Rays. I mean, I think it's 276 pitches of 95-plus miles per hour that they've seen. Just for frame of reference, the Phillies, who have seen the most pitches of 95-plus miles per hour, have seen 585. So they've seen more than double pitches of premium velocity than the Rays have. Also, it's 44 degrees tonight in Cincinnati. Wind, it's going to be windy. Uh, trying to hit 100, if you get jammed, is going to hurt like hell. That's not going to be very fun at all. You're not going to be able to feel your hands trying to hit triple digits. So took a shot here with the Reds for the first five. It's even money at DraftKings. That's what went into the article because I'm using DraftKings odds and tracking against DraftKings, but shop around. You'll find a better price on that one. So the Rangers minus one and a half, minus 120, and the Reds first five at even money. The two plays here for today on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Ran long with today's show. I apologize for that, but lots to get to coming out of the weekend. Then also talking about the Sabermetric stat of the day. Quick reminder again, Tuesday's article and show will come out a little bit late uh, based on you know a VEASAN thing that I, I can't move. It's not optional, anything like that. So just throwing that out there for you uh, when looking for Tuesday's show. But rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Follow me on Twitter at Skating Tripods, and I will join you again tomorrow for a new edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.